I don't care about what you think about my content or how I word it because that is me and who I am. I'm never mm. going to lose that, even if I'm helping law firms, right? Hello, entrepreneurs, small business owners, and marketers. I'm your host, Laura L. Bernhardt. Welcome back to the Marketing Bound Podcast, where we make it easy to implement inbound marketing strategies to generate more leads, build your brand awareness, and navigate inbound marketing trends. There's a misconception that public relations is just for larger brands. However, Jessica Barlow, creator of the No Agency Method, has helped countless small business owners get media coverage. Jessica's work has been featured in Business Insider, Refinery29, and even got Barack Obama to say things that she wrote. This episode has been cut down to provide the five PR tips that you need to get started. So in what you're about to hear, Jessica reveals how to position your emails to journalists, why you as the founder are the best person to pitch your business, why PR should be part of your selling initiatives, and some tips on how to get recognized by the media. I want to get into PR because I'm sure our listeners okay. are dying to get tips. Okay. Okay. I know that having a story is very essential for a brand, but you also say that it's pretty important for PR. Can you tell us mm-hmm. why that's super important? So when you're talking to a journalist, the only thing they care about is what is the story? So you're not ever selling your product to a journalist. You're selling the reason why you created your product or the reason which created the opportunity for you to start your business or the inspiration in your life that created the opportunity to solve the gap in the market, that, et cetera, et cetera. And the more kind of beautiful that story is, the more likely you can kind of tap into the emotional side of a journalist and get coverage. So the story is everything. So the, um, the kind of number one place to start there is like, what is my personal brand and what is my founder story? So why did I start this business and who am I as a person? What am I willing to put out there? Um, and I think crucially, this is something people forget, like what are my boundaries of what I won't share? Because there are some founders and entrepreneurs who will bleed all over the page, who will show their kids going to school. They'll show um, the expensive house they live in. They'll show everything. And then there are some, there are some people where you're only going to see just the business side. And that's like a, when you're building your personal brand and understanding how far you'll go, I think it's really crucial to take a step back and think of your boundaries um, and understand what you're willing and not willing to share. And then when it comes to your founder story, there can be more than one reason that you started a business. I saw a gap in the market. I am an expert in X. I um, really love this thing. But you also have to take a step back and think, okay, which of these stories is interesting to other people? (laughs) And not just interesting to your friends, your mom, your colleagues, your team. Because obviously when you're so close to stuff, that's when you're blind to the value. You've got to think about like, if I stopped a stranger in the street and I told them what I do, Mm -hmm. would they be interested enough in it to go home and tell their partner or tell a friend, Mm -hmm. right? Like try to take it that far and never ask your family or your own friends for that kind of opinion. Try to get a genuine like stranger's opinion because 
Otherwise, your story is going to be so skewed in your own personal emotions. So when you're figuring out that story to tell, that, that's the challenge. What's interesting? You've got to step back and be like, who cares about this? Who cares about me? Who cares about my product? If you can resonate with the whole idea of who cares, then you're going to be in the journalist shoes because they're like, like, dude, I get a thousand emails by 12 p.m. in my inbox. I don't care about you. You've got to make mm. them care. And that's where, you know, the emotive story comes in, where the genius story comes in, where the, you know, the personal attachment, whatever it is for you, that's what you've got to find. The, you've got to break through the who cares moment. So that means you also have to have a very good subject line in your emails. Hmm. Totally. So one of the, like, actually my favorite lesson in the no agency method is basically called how to send a better email, one that will actually get opened (laughs) because breaking through someone's inbox is your ultimate goal, especially if you're going after like traditional, like print media or online media. If you're going through um, PR that involves like speaking at events or if your PR is all about networking, because in my opinion, PR is basically everything to do with shaping your image and your reputation. Then, you know, if you are going down more traditional routes with your PR, your email is so crucial. So, so crucial. And you have to cut through the noise. You have to be interesting. I have a whole... I'm I'm not going to bore you with it now because it's, it's a little bit too involved. It would take me like 15 minutes just to talk you through the lesson. Mm -hmm. But essentially, my point of view on emails is stop acting so professional because nobody cares. No one cares. Like how, like, hi, so-and-so, hope you're well. Are you enjoying the sunshine? How was your summer? How have you been navigating these difficult times? Literally, you are wasting words. Um, Never introduce yourself. It is a complete waste of time. It's not worth it. If you have an email uh, signature, that's your introduction already. If they're interested in you, they'll click onto your website. You basically, you don't need to say like, hi, I'm Jessica from the No Agency Method. Mm -hmm. What? Your email address, my email address is jessica at noagencymethod.com. Do you think they can't (laughs) put two and two together? Stop wasting your words. But basically like, you've got to be more humanistic, more clever and less boring when you're sending an email. And that's how you get your point of view across. Can you give us an example of a brand or a person that you helped just to give the listeners an idea of how to break through the noise? Maybe an example of a story. I don't know if you can share those. So um, I've helped someone just from... They not not even need it from a PR perspective or PR for their own brand, but they wanted to... Um, learn how to send a better email, break through from the noise, and also crucially, get an email through to someone who is so in demand, so desirable, very, very famous. I'm sure you know Gymshark, very, very well-known sportswear. Like, yes. Really, really well-known. And uh, I know someone who, using my methodology of how to send a better email, she works in like sustainable sportswear development. So basically a similar space, but slightly skewed. And... Uh, I, I don't even know why she was getting in touch or how or what, what was really required. But using my methodology, she got a reply from the founder of the business. And you know that this is someone who couldn't be more busy and more important. Mm-hmm. So it works. It works. 
I mean, for me, I've used the same methodology of sending a better email to get in front of journalists, to get in front of, you know, people doing awards and anything that I needed to open doors. Mm -hmm. But it's the same logic can be used to, if you need to get a hold of a buyer, if you need to get a hold of an investor, if if you're looking for a job yourself, your email has to be more interesting. Bottom line. (laughs) Can any company use this methodology? Because I feel like not every company has interesting stories. So do you think everybody? I think that there's a assumption that if you work B2B, then PR or being interesting or being funny or being human is not for you. And mm. I think it's such a joke because as if companies who are operating B2B, bear in mind that no agency method is B2B, right? Mm-hmm. And if you look at any of my content, like I am ridiculous. Like I, I don't care about what you think about my content or how I word it because that is me and who I am. I'm mm-hmm. never going to lose that even if I'm helping law firms, right? I don't talk any different to someone in a law firm that I would talk to someone from like a vegan chocolate brand. It's no different, right? Mm-hmm. Like I might, and this is a great example. So I helped a vegan chocolate brand who are very, very popular in this side of the world. And they, um, they were paying an agency thousands and thousands of pounds a month. And instead, with the money they've saved, they can hire two additional marketing staff in order to bolster the work that they're doing and own it themselves in-house. So it's completely changed the way their business has run. I mean, they save like, at my math, about 48,000 pounds a year now, having basically like implemented no agency method. So do I think that anybody can do it? Obviously. Yeah. It's, it's sector agnostic. I think that if you take the approach that B2B has to be so professional and serious, et cetera, et cetera, then you are creating a scenario where you are like dampening and like dimming the light on all of your employees. So if I want to apply the methodology that you're talking about, it's being Mm -hmm. yourself, not being so professional, not wasting any words in that email and coming up with a really good email subject line. And to me, like when you're looking at an email, like you have this much space, my fingers are very close to each other for whoever (laughs) is just listening to this. They're very close to each other. (laughs) How do I know if this is interesting? I guess like you've got to think when you're sending this email, is there a way that you can create a hook of interest that is a little bit more personal. It's a little mm-hmm. bit more relevant for the reader because at the end of the day, you, are, you need to appeal to either their emotions or their ego or their job or how is this e- opening this email going to improve their life, right? Because mm-hmm. if you operate from the space that everything that you do, all of your Instagram content, LinkedIn content, your email outreach, everything is just you selling, guarantee you that it's not working. It's yeah. just people don't respond to that. People respond to people. So if you remember that, then it will completely change how you run your business. Mm-hmm. So it's the value for them, just like any social media content. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But you have to be, you know, you have very limited words. So you have to be far more clever about it. And yeah. 
I mean, think of it as a game. You also, in order to make this work for yourself, you have to remove yourself from the emotion attached to rejection because, or being ignored because it is impossible that all of your email out, outreach will be successful. Mm-hmm. You know, it's impossible. And if you are that person that every email outreach you've ever done to every like cold person, it works, they come and talk to me because I clearly should learn from you. But <laughs> if you, if you let go from that rejection, because just because someone doesn't reply to you, then doesn't mean they won't another time when you have something perhaps a little, little bit more valuable, then you give yourself a little bit more room to breathe and be risky, you know, and have fun. What's your advice for entrepreneurs, business owners, brands that are too scared to pitch their ideas? Oh, I think this is such a sad one. Like the idea of being scared of sales is not going to do anything but harm your business in the long run. My number one advice for this is, first of all, if you are the founder of the business, or even if you just work for the team or you're in the company, then you know your company better than anybody else, right? There's no way that someone else could know your business better than you because you are the one running it. So with that energy, you have to remember that you are the expert of your own business. So when you are talking to someone, when you're selling yourself, you're in a position of power. You are the expert. You're already, you know, like able to stand up, put your shoulders back, be proud and give them the story that they need to hear because it's coming from a place of expertise. So if you lead from that expertise or almost like expert advice, I think it changes the way you think about selling. It no longer becomes selling is icky. It becomes, I know what I'm talking about. I really like that you called it selling. I've never thought of PR as selling. I always thought of it as marketing. And like, mm, it's strictly it's marketing. But I, really like, I like that you called it selling. That's really great advice. Now let's say... I, it's pitching, right? It's yeah. the same. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. I never, ever realized that though. Mic drop moments. That's what yeah. I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> that's what these conversations are for, to learn. It's great. Yeah. Now let's say I'm, I pitch my story and I don't hear from them. Mm-hmm. Should I continuously pitch? Now I can change the pitch. I can change the email subject line. Should I be doing that to get through to them? Or is there something else that we should know about? So before you figure out any of that, what you Mm -hmm. would definitely need to do is look at your overall PR and outreach strategy and align it with your business goals. Mm -hmm. So if your story is, is one that you are willing to change every week, then something is wrong in your business goals and your strategy because you should have far more alignment between your business and whatever you want to achieve for PR because just getting PR is not going to help move your business forward. It has to be PR that supports your goals. So if you're a tech startup and your intention is you want to get PR because you want to be getting media attention in the right places that investors see so that you can raise money, then your business goal is raising money, right? Your business goal isn't getting PR. Then you have to streamline the outreach in order to be where are the investors reading? their media. Mm. Like what, what story are they going to see about me in order for them, for their interest to be peaked enough that they'll take a meeting with me. Right. And then you end up being able to use what you do achieve 
refine it, understand like that it had a purpose because then you can use that to open doors. Like, I mean, I, I am sure an investor is far more interested to be like in a, a cold email scenario, perhaps when you as a tech founder can say as adored by Forbes, we'd love to meet with you rather than just having, you know, having not been able to get that like cultural cachet of the big check mark from the media. So, okay. So that's question one in terms of answering your question in the first place. Yeah. You you can't just blindly pitch. It just doesn't work like that. You will not succeed. And it, I think is why a lot of founders feel like PR is not for them because they tried blindly pitching Mm -hmm. and uh, leading with press releases, which is like a whole other mess that if you do my method, I could go right into. And then, you know, you're not happy because you didn't see any results. But then secondly, if you have sent something and nobody has replied, you have to also remember that kind of like rejection, ignoring kind of confidence and be okay with it. But also remember that people are busy. So you have to have given yourself enough buffer room and like a, um, a window of time to be pitching so that you're not selling a story that needs to go live tomorrow because that's when the story launches. You've got to give yourself room that you could pitch it, check in two weeks later, maybe a week later. It really depends per media vertical or who you're trying to speak to. Just to be like, by the way, this, just in case you didn't, whatever, you know, just so that you can see if you've com- it's completely dead in the water. If it is dead in the water, it's an opportunity for you to learn okay, I now know that this media vertical, this journalist, this company, they don't like X. Let's strike Mm -hmm. it off the list. Let's use that to further refine our strategy so that we are constantly learning and growing and getting somewhere together. And yeah, completely like just chasing and chasing the same email and like, you know, have you seen this? Can I send you this press release? Like you are going to make enemies. Mm -hmm. So that I don't don't recommend. (laughs) I really like what you said about aligning it with your business goals. And just for anybody listening to this, thinking like, ooh, I can use PR for my business. Can you give us more reasons on where we can use PR? You said for investors. Can can we use PR to help our sales? Oh, what of else? Course. Okay. I mean, like I, so I worked with like a um, non-alcoholic like aperitif alternative mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, helping her refine her, like as a founder, helping her refine her founder story. So why did she create it? She created it because she was pregnant. She used to work in alcohol, really missed that kind of ritual moment of making a, a drink. And so created something incredible. I have it in my fridge. It's really nice. And, uh, there was an opportunity that came about where she's going to be on TV and that is PR. Mm-hmm. So getting on TV means that from a sales perspective, you're suddenly reaching this brand new ginormous audience. She sold out a year's worth of stock in two hours. What? So PR and sales are like this. If you get it right, it's not always going to happen. Like yeah. I can't, you can never guarantee it one way or another, but sometimes something magic happens. And that magic is going to happen when your story and your goals and the person you're trying to reach, that all comes together. But at the end of the day, any kind of PR that is positive for your business is like another check mark. It's another social proof to say, like, we are important in the eyes of the third party that we didn't like pay. And uh, that's no bad thing. I think PR is many of the times overlooked by businesses. Mm-hmm. 
right? I feel like, oh, let's do social media. Oh, let's do video content, right? (laughs) So for people who are now listening to this and thinking, hmm, maybe I should consider PR. When you're thinking of it after the fact, when you already have your goals and your strategies, how do you start fitting in PR into your maybe daily uh, tasks or into your strategy as a whole? So I think that's where you take the opportunity to make sure that you're all still working towards the same goals. And then you have a look at, in order to reach those goals, what kind of audiences do we want to be reaching? And then where are those audiences hanging out? Mm -hmm. And in the process of figuring all those bits out, you have your strategy, right? That's all the places that you want to be. And then you just action on it. And the, the best time to do that is like putting, if you are not bringing in like an entire person just to manage it, which I think is like very unrealistic for most people, it is useful perhaps to empower your marketing team to do it. And they spend time each morning, scan the media, understand what's going on in the world, and then look at the opportunities to pitch. If people don't think that they have enough time to do these pitches, maybe they're a solopreneur, should they just reach out to huge publications? Mm, No. The problem with that is you're putting all of your eggs in one basket and it's, it's a basket that's harder to reach, right? It's like, if you think that it's difficult to get a hold of uh, your local newspaper, then you are overlooking something that is kind of like sitting pretty for you. So rather than if you have very little time thinking super, super big, I would think, what is a niche audience that I can reach much faster? And then you're going to have the thrill of success there. And then you can maybe look at reassessing your schedule if you saw positive returns from that to find the time to do it, right? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, if you are like company of one and you start expanding to the place where you might be able to afford a PA or VA, maybe that's the opportunity that you say, hey, I'm going to empower my VA to do this on my behalf, right? Mm -hmm. There are always ways that you can do this. But one thing that people always forget to give energy to is local or regional press. So instead of saying, I want to go to the New York Times, think about your neighborhood. Think about yeah. your, your actual like hometown even. It doesn't have to be where you live. It could be a hometown story about the success in a big city because you are you know, from that place and it's interesting. Mm-hmm. And like, when you're looking at, at local or regional press, it's usually as easy as a phone call away. Whereas when you want to reach national huge media publications, that is like, a long slog of pitching. Yeah. So not that the other one isn't going to reach more eyeballs, but which one is going to happen faster that you learn from? And also, if you have a product that is locally relevant, then why aren't you doing it anyway? That's part of your audience, right? Hmm. That's so interesting. If the listeners had to take anything away from all of your tips, which one do you think is the most important? I would probably say don't forget that you're the expert Mm. because what I always want to impart to founders and startup teams is a sense of empowerment and confidence that this is possible, that it's not scary. There's remove the smoke and mirrors, like take the the fog away and the cobwebs and, and everything that you thought the PR was and realize that I'm the expert. I have a story to tell. Let's find the place where I can tell it and Mm. be okay with selling myself. Well, 
Jessica, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your knowledge with us and your story. And we're definitely going to keep in touch. I want to know everything that happens to the no agency method. I look forward to it. I mean, I think we were just talking earlier. We're going to chill in Montreal (laughs) when we can travel again. Yes, I'm so excited. (laughs) Come and see me in London. Oh my, okay. Yes, we're going to, okay. We're going to just going to end this interview now because we have to discuss this. (laughs) Bye everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you.